Welcome to Inside the Pages, presented by Cornerstone of Grace, located at 524 East Pasadena Street in the city of Pomona, California. Our Sunday praise and worship begins at 9 a.m., Wednesday Bible study, 7 p.m., Saturday at 11.30 p.m., you'll find us on kkla.com or 99.5 FM. We believe the Bible is the word of God. Therefore, we are faithful. We're bold. We believe the best way to face opposition is by obedience to the word of God. I want to thank you for, uh, for, for joining us this morning. Certainly thank God for, you know, he woke us up this morning, giving us the activity of our limbs and a reasonable portion of health and mental stability. We just thank God for his goodness and his grace. And we're going to go before the Lord in a word of prayer. And let's, let's open our hearts up. Let's, let's present thanksgiving unto him. You know, let's, let's acknowledge him as being sovereign God. Don't, don't ask for a new house. Don't ask for a car or television. Don't, don't ask for anything. Let's just acknowledge him for his goodness. Lord Jesus, we thank you, Lord God, for your kindness and your grace. We thank you, Lord, because you know all things. Lord God, you know the needs of every individual. Lord God, and so we say thank you. We say thank you because you know the needs. We thank you, Lord God, for who you are. You're sovereign. You're the only wise God. You're the only true and living God. There's no one else like you. There's no one else beside you. There's no one compared to you. Lord God, and, and so we, we thank you. You've given us a reasonable portion of health. Thank you. You've given us a, a mind to seek you and to call upon your name. And your name is, is uh, there's no other name under heaven whereby we can be saved except the name of Jesus. Lord God, you've washed away and sin, you've given us remission of sin in your name. Thank you. Lord God, spirits have been cast out in your name. Thank you. Healing has occurred in your name. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, and so we're here to say thank you. Everyone under the sound of my voice, everyone that is present is saying thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Lord God, that's all we want to say this morning is thank you. Lord God, we're not asking for anything. We're not looking for any. We're just saying thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We appreciate you, Lord. We appreciate you laying us down at night and blessing us to rise up with this morning. Thank you. Thank you, Lord God, for uh, the, the stimulation that you've given us. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, thank you for the souls that will hear your word this morning. Ah, hey, glory. Bless your name, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, just say thank you to him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. 
Lord, thank you for the souls that will be drawn in. Thank you, Lord. Lord, thank you, Jesus. Lord God, for those that will repent of sin. Thank you, Jesus, for those that will hear your word and be bolder. Lord God, encouraged. Lord, strengthened. Lord God, thank you for those that will take your word and, and strengthen and help someone else. Lord God, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. We just want to say thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for this opportunity. Lord God, as we go forward into your the exhortation of your word this morning, Lord God, we just pray and ask that you would, Lord God, help us to bless you, to honor you the way that you want to be honored. In Jesus' name, amen. At this time, we'll have an opening scripture by Deacon Henderson, Deacon Donald Henderson. Bless you, Lord. Today's opening scripture will be the Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me beside the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And the Bible says, and they continue daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily, such as should be saved. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading and the hearers of the word. Amen. Before we go into the word of God, you know, there, there's a little tune that I just want to, uh, and I, I think it fits what we're about to talk about. But it's just a little tune, and you, you may have heard it before and uh, somewhere else, or maybe you've heard it here. But the songwriter said, shackled by a heavy burden beneath the load of guilt and shame the hand of my jesus touched me and now i am no longer the same. I was shackled by a heavy burden beneath a load of guilt and shame. 
The hand of my Jesus touched me, and now I am no longer the same. Oh, he touched me. He touched me. And all of the joy that flooded my soul, something, something happened. And now I know he touched me and he made me whole. He touched me. Oh, he touched me. And all of the wonders that flooded my soul, something Something happened, and now I know he touched me, and he made me whole. Now, that is a song of personal testimony for me. It's a testimony for others who feel it's a testimony for them. If God has touched you, you know, it's not a congregation song, but it is a testimonial of what God has done. And so you have to, you know, I, I like uh, Googling songs and sometimes uh, there are songs that ring in my spirit that I have not heard for many years. And that's that's one of them that where I was just I don't know what I was doing, but that song began to ring, uh, ring in my spirit. And I, I looked it up to see you know, the, to find the words out and to, uh, you know, and and I'm telling you, the Lord has blessed me and he'll bless you too. And, and he has blessed others. What God has done for others, he will do for you. Again, we thank you for joining our online service. If you're looking for a church home, growth and ministry, I want to invite you to join us, grow with us and be blessed with us. We solicit your prayers as we are looking to expand the ministry the lord is blessed we have uh, several books that are uh, on amazon that are for the purpose of the ministry the lord has blessed and i never thought never imagined in my mind that the lord would use me in that capacity um you know and i, I appreciate him so much for what he is doing and that's what I want to do. I want to pour myself out. And that's what I'm doing. I'm pouring myself out. And I'm giving God all that I know to do. The day will come that I'll stand in his presence, just like you will. And we'll give an account for everything that's been done in this body. And, and what is being written and what is being uh, made available as far as the ministry on Amazon uh, it, is that is going to give you and equip you as well to fulfill ministry is going to encourage your heart uh, is going to encourage others to be saved and to live a life of integrity it's going to help through situations that you find yourself in 
because it is personal testimony and life experience of what God has done for myself and, and others. And so again, I wanna thank you for your support as we're looking forward again to expand the ministry, the work of God. And so as God has called us to do, the Bible said he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, teachers, and pastors for the edifying of the saints till we all come into the statue of the man, Christ Jesus. And so um, we're gonna direct our attentions now to the book of Mark. Now in the Los Angeles area, uh, it's kind of cool out. So if you are, you know, make sure that you uh, take your vitamins and different things as to whether changes so that you don't find yourself overwhelmed with any type of uh, sickness, you know, a cold or anything so that you can handle business and, and be available to family and friends as necessary. The book of Mark, the fifth chapter, I know we've been in the fifth chapter for a moment, but this man uh, is, you know, some things are, are, are relatable. I was talking with someone, we were talking about what God has brought us from. And they said, I've never, I didn't experience that. Meaning that they didn't, they've never did drugs. And so they, they said they cannot relate to, to someone when they're out witnessing to someone that has been addicted, someone that has been hooked on something. And, you know, they, they weren't a drinker. And so, you know, they, they, they've had what some of us might call a kind of a sheltered life. And, but I told them, I said, it, it doesn't matter. You know, you don't, and thank God if you have not experienced that. And if you, if you meet someone and they, and they tell you, well, you don't know where I've been or what I'm dealing with, or, you know, or they have those issues, you can point them my way. You can let them know that there are others that have been through that. And you can direct them to those individuals. I certainly don't mind giving my testimony of where Lord have brought me from and, and what he did for me. You know, um, one of the statements that I often make is that my mother looked um, before her demise and said, there must be a God, this boy has changed. And so uh, I laugh about that, but that, but it's a serious statement. And, but not only that, but there's a, a, a another witness in the house that, that, <laughs> that is smiling at me right now that see and says the same thing. Our life is a testimony. Our life is a witness of what God has done. You know, sometimes we get so excited of what the Lord has done, uh, we become like those in the scripture that, that when the Lord heals them, we say, well, can I go with you? And he's saying, no, go back and show the people what I've done. And we're like, but I wanna go with you. He's like, no, go back and show the people what I've done. And in other words, you're not leaving here. <laughs> you're not going nowhere because he needs you to be a witness for what he has done. If, if he allowed you to go, then who would be the witness? Who would be able to say that God is able to deliver a, a pothead? Who would be able to say that God was able to deliver from 
uh, sexual immoralities. Who would be there to say that God delivered from uh, from those that was uh, and delivered those that was just going uh, bonkers, you know, so to speak? Well, the Bible tells us in the fifth chapter of, of Mark, it says, now there was nigh unto the mountain a great herd of swine feeding. And all the devils besought him saying, send us into the, the swine that we may enter into them. And forthwith Jesus gave them leave. And the unclean spirits went out and entered into the, the swine and the herd ran violently down a steep place into the sea. There were about 2,000 and choked in the sea. It's a lot of pigs, about 2,000 and were choked in the sea. And they that fed the swine told it in the city and in the country. And they went out to see what it was that was done. By the time they got there, uh, the pigs, the swine, had violently ran down into the sea. And so when they looked, they, they saw a bunch of floating pigs. I want to make a statement there, but I have to leave it alone. Pigs don't fly, but they... All right, listen. To the and they came to see, and they come to see Jesus and see him that was possessed with the devil and had the legion sitting and clothed in his right mind, and they were afraid. And they that saw it told them how it befell to him that was possessed with the devil and also concerning the swine. And they began to pray. They asked him. Prayer is asking. If anyone wants to know what prayer is, it is asking. It is a simple act of talking to God. In this case, they were they prayed him to leave. They asked him to leave. Prayer does not cost you any money to learn how to pray. Man, if you just read the scripture, you'll find that that how to pray. If you read Psalms, it will show you how to pray. Prayer does not consist of you having your hands lifted up. That's, that is an act of worship. But it doesn't mean that it's mandatory because that means you, that every time you pray, you will lift your hands up. And if you're driving in the car, and you're praying, you, you, don't, you can't lift your hands. So we know that that is. Prayer is not you folding your hands. Where do we get this from? Where do we get putting our hands together as if they were, as if we were clapping? Where did that come from? Prayer is just the, is you and your conversation. In this instance, we're talking a conversation with God. Now, I pray throughout the day, Lord, you, you see the needs of your people, those that are listening, 
to our broadcast service, those that are entering into the place of worship, Lord God, and those that are, Lord Jesus, you know, the, the prayer requests that have been made and, and just talking to the Lord about situations, talking to him about your situation, my situations, the church situation, the community, whatever there is that is in my heart to talk to him about. And then being a good listener, prayer involves listening. It's a two-way conversation. It doesn't mean that God is going to talk each time. And sometimes you won't talk. You ever, something could be so heavy on your heart that you kneel on the altar or whether it's at home or you sit down in a chair or something to talk to God and you don't have words. All you have is a moan and a groan, which is uttering what cannot be verbalized, prayer. And so they, they began to pray and ask, they asked him to depart out of their coast. I also want to read from Acts, the 16th chapter. And it came to pass as we went to prayer, as we went to prayer, now this is Luke. Luke was a uh, companion, evangelistic companion with the Apostle Paul. He was also a doctor. Uh, there's a difference in those that have a PhD uh, because that's a doctrine in philosophy and a medical doctor. A medical doctor does not have a, uh, does not practice philosophy. They practice medicine. And so they are, they obtain license after their studies to practice medicine. If the airplane was going down, they would not call for a philosopher. Who, have, who on the plane is a doctor? They are not talking about a philosopher. They are talking about a medical doctor. And so as they went to prayer, Luke is writing to Theophilus, two of my favorite readings, uh, because he's witnessing and encouraging uh, the heart of Theophilus. Uh, get Acts chapter one. He's encouraging chapter one, verse one and two. He's encouraging. And when I read these two uh, writings, we could call it Luke one, Luke two, but it's, it's called the book of Acts. It is encouraging to read what is being said. And so as they went to prayer, when was, have you gone to prayer today? What does it say? treaties have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach, until the day in which he was taken up, after that he, thought he, he through the Holy Ghost had given commandments unto the apostle, apostles whom he had chosen. 
read uh, Luke, Luke, the first chapter, verse one and beginning at verse one. When Jesus rose, he gave commandments unto the disciples what they should do. Go back to Jerusalem, wait till you endure with power. And, and that power is to for you to be a witness of what he has done and that which he is going to do because he's already proven that he has the ability. What does Luke say? First chapter. For as much as many have taken in hand to set forth in order a declaration of those things which are most surely believed among us, even as they delivered them unto us, which from the beginning sure were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word. It seemed good to me also, having the perfect understanding of all things from the very first to write unto thee in order, most excellent Theophilus. That thou mightest known the, known the certainty, certainty of those things wherein Thou hast been instructed. Thank you. Luke wanted to encourage Theophilus and to give him a good understanding, clarity of all the things. So he, Luke was very thorough. He was thorough um, as an individual. And he was thorough dealing with the gospel of Christ and what transpired. And so he took an account from all of the eyewitnesses that he could meet and uh, the ministers of the gospel and, uh, to, to, and to present it to Theophilus and to sort of like what we're doing, you know, uh, presenting the word of God in a written format to Theophilus and, to, and from, uh, from me to you um, is the same so that they could, he could be encouraged and have assurance the, the preaching of the word, whether it's de uh, through uh, declaring it as we are doing this morning, and uh, the written word, uh, beginning with the Bible, because nothing outranks the word of God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Nothing outranks his word. And so uh, he's writing to Theophilus here in Acts, and he says, and it came to pass as we went to prayer a certain damsel possessed with a spirit of divination met us. They were met by someone that was demon possessed, which brought her masters much gain by soothsaying. Now, I, I need you to get that because the people associated with the young girl was using her. She was demon possessed. They used her. Some of the uh, male or female possessed with spirits are used by other people 
that know there is something within them. They may not be able to pinpoint it. They may not be able to uh, identify it or they may be able to identify it. Which and it, it, the fact is, is that there it could be a stronger, a more powerful demon in the person that is using the other one. And we will get into that another time. But spirits are real. It is should not be a strange thing for us to understand and realize that there are spirits. It should not be a strange thing for us to understand and realize that we are not alone. Uh, we're not alone. I'm not talking about X-Files. We're not alone. I'm not talking about Area 51, whatever they call it, we're not alone. I'm not talking about those things. I'm talking about the spirit realm and where we live, where we, uh, the Bible said that, that we, that we're in Christ, we live and we move and we have our being. Our names is already written on high. Our name is already written. Oh, bless your Lord. The Bible said we sit in heavenly places. That's not talking about uh, the structure that we're in right now. We sit, in, there is no, it should not be a strange thing that we are trichotomy, body, soul, spirit. It, it, it's not a strange thing that, and the morticians can testify to this, that when someone's spirit leaves their body, we're at the point of death, that person's spirit leaves their body, that flesh, that, that flesh and bone becomes, that body becomes lighter than it was when the breath was in it. It's not a strange thing. You should not think that it's a strange thing. Yeah. Because to, to try to think that is strange is to try to ignore it. Uh, I came to realize a long time ago, and some of it through experience, that people, uh, when they show movies, people are high on certain drugs, whether they've had chewed some mushrooms. Uh-huh. Some, yeah, some coyote or you know, or, or some LSD or whatever they had, or, you know, and or primos, or, or maybe they, they drunk, they drunk a, a can of Sherm, and somebody know what I'm talking about. And for those that don't, you know, maybe they devoured a bottle of uh, 40 ounce of eight ball, or, or, or the bull, or, you know, Sherm in a bottle. And they saw some things. Got was spooked by some things that they saw. Some of the movies are based off of those things. Now, I'll let you know demons, angelic beings, whether falling or in the presence of God, are not, uh, are 
are frightening because of the power of God. However, the Bible does not describe Lucifer as being a red person with a tail and horns. That actually kind of look like a bull itself, huh? Standing on hind legs. The Bible doesn't describe him. Where did that come from? The Bible said he's able to transform and the minute the fallen spirits are able to transform into ministers of light. Appearing normal as as human, as someone representing. Mm hmm. They may make an appearance. And so uh, there are a lot of things that we that we have because of Greek mythology and uh, different cultures, the East, West, North, South, stuff that has been presented that is outside the word of God, but yet has been accepted. Should not be a strange thing to know that we are, that we, that there are spirits. You, you better not think it's strange, not if you're going to be saved. You need to understand this. You need to know this. You need to be enlightened about this for the saving of your soul. The Bible said that the same, this girl that is possessed, follow Paul and us. Not only did she follow them, but she cried saying, these men are servants of the most high God. Now that would seem like it was a good thing. Someone following behind him with, these are the servants of the Lord, you know, like a heroine. But it was aggravating. And she did this for repeatedly for many days. But Paul, discerning, I'm using the word discerning here. Paul understanding, the Bible said that it, it grieved him and turned and said to the spirit, not to the girl, to the spirit. Yo, yo, the situation that you deal with, you need to know how to deal with the spirit, not the individual. When Peter tried to get in the way of what Jesus was doing, Jesus spoke to the spirit, not Peter. He spoke to the spirit. You need to know how to identify and deal with the spirit. He turned and said to the spirit, I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out the same hour. The spirit left the girl. The Bible says, and when her masters saw that the hope of their gain was gone. They got upset. They didn't like it. Your freedom is going to cost someone. Your freedom is going to cost someone that depended on you being bound. Freedom is the opposite of being incarcerated. You, 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 each person that is demon possessed, trapped, addictions, pain and suffering, 
And that's only to name a few. You might be able to think of more. I won't make the mistake of saying everyone is born free. Nope, because they're not. The conditions of the parents dictate the condition of the child. If your parents were slaves, you weren't born free and could easily be sold at a certain age if they so desired. And parents couldn't do nothing. Sometimes the, we look at our health. You go to the doctor and the doctor asks you about your parents' health. And you sit there most spiritually sitting there. I'm not naming and claiming that. And so therefore, doctor, I'm not going to tell you that my mother had high blood pressure and my dad died from cancer because I'm not naming and claiming it. So I don't want to even talk about it. When they can look, they're looking at your DNA. They're looking at your physical makeup. And you telling them that you're having a problem, but you don't want to tell them about your history. I, I believe that's foolish. I believe that's foolish. To share that, that, that my father passed from, um, from a type of cancer doesn't mean that I'm going to have that. But it's something to check. Some that say, well, I don't want to claim that I have high blood pressure, but yet you're taking blood pressure medicine. It, it, it make you kind of scratch your head. As Arsenio Hall way back then used to say, things that make you go, hmm. It's one of those things that make you say, hmm. What's up with that? So our uh, family, when we look at our family tree, what is there? Uh, there? There's something there that we cannot ignore. Maybe it's mental health. I, I, I have some associates that uh, when I look at their family tree, I, I see heart conditions. I see mental health conditions. I see this. And the one that, that I knew closely, um, I see some of the conditions within them and they are constantly denying. And I'm like, but no, that's, I saw that in your mom. I saw that in your dad. And, and so, you know, and it doesn't mean you cannot and, and that you're not going to be saved or anything, but there is some thing within that, within you, that is not being addressed. And so our, our health, the, the mental and our state of being uh, places us into a, a receptive condition. And we shouldn't ignore those things. We've seen children that are born addicted to what was being placed inside the body of the one that was carrying them. I heard the, the psalmist say, behold, I was shapen in iniquity and in sin did my mother conceive me. In other I came into this world battling issues and I need help. 
you came into this world, whether you had what they call a silver spoon or a wooden spoon, you were still born in sin and shaping in iniquity. You can think you're righteous because you had a silver spoon. I didn't live on that side of the track. The thing that the thing that interesting about not living on that side of the track is that is that they felt life was boring, so they would always sneak down to the other side of the track for entertainment and then go home. And we, we're not going to talk about a thug life. We're not going to talk about. Uh, mm -hmm. We're not going to talk about those things this morning. You know, and so, but they would go to the other side because they wanted a, a rough neck. We're not going to stay there. That's what Sally did. Yes. And so you find Sally. Uh, let's go. Let's go. Like you and I. I've heard of people talk about generational curses. Meaning you're you're being punished for the sins of your ancestors. And now maybe there's some things that will follow the lineage. Because, you know, when I look at the my family tree, when I look at our, our family tree, I, I see uh, on my mother's side, I see on my father's side, and I see uh, that we are, uh, that the Lord has blessed this family uh, throughout history with ministers of the gospel and that made me step back and and, and tremble because because uh, it made me understand that that some affliction and some things that may be that may occur in the family lineage is because of neglect because of neglect and so that will cause you to the family to suffer until someone stops neglecting. The Bible tell us in, in Genesis, you've been following us in Genesis, then the Bible tell us it, it, in Genesis that, uh, that, uh, that Adam had a son named Seth. And then Seth had a son named, named Enos. And it wasn't until he was born that men began to call upon the name of the Lord. So 255 years of neglect until this child was born. And then men began to call upon the name of the Lord. Something to think about. Are you calling upon the Lord? Are you leading your family, your children? In the path down the path that they need to go, the Bible said, "Bring up a child in the way they should go." Are you doing that, Mighty God? Bless your Lord Jesus. Deuteronomy twenty four and sixteen says, "The fathers shall not be put to death for the children; neither shall the children be put to death for the fathers. Every every man shall bear uh, shall be put to death for his own sins. The principles they practice." Are you practicing something that will maintain freedom? There was a man, this man wanted to be, was trapped within his own body with other spirits. I need you to get that. I need you to understand that. I need you to embrace that. 
this man was trapped within his own body with other spirits. And he wanted to be set free. When he saw Jesus, he ran to him and worshiped him. He knew just what to do. The spirits that was within him knew what to do. They did not deny the fact of who he was, that he was uh, the of a higher deity than them. And so they worshiped. The Bible says in John 4, 23 and 24, it said, but the hour cometh and now is when the true worshiper shall worship the father in spirit and in truth. For the father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. There is, or this is uh right now he said the hour uh now so this present moment uh, are you a true worshiper uh, i'm not talking about an action but are you a true worshiper god is drawing worshipers together and they know and they know god is real and there's no denial of the spirit realm and other worlds framed by the word of god and those things that are much more than we see with our natural eyes. The man met Jesus. And Jesus met the man right where he was. Isaiah 1 and 18 says, come now and let us reason together. Said the Lord, though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Red uh, was all over all of us. We were all red. We were harlots to sin. Uh, the Bible said Moses refused the temporary pleasures of sin. Everyone don't have that testimony. Uh, we were giving ourselves over to indulge in whatever we wanted to do. The Bible says, now there was nigh unto the mountains a great herd of swine. And all the devils besought him saying, send us into the swine that we might enter into them. So animals, so I guess these animals did not have a resistance. They were just going to, spirits was going to force their way upon that animal or within that animal. And forthwith, Jesus gave them leave. They couldn't do it without permission. And the unclean spirits went out and entered into the swine and the herd ran violently down a deep place into the sea. There were about 2000 and were choked. In the same location where this man was at, we see that uh, where this man hid and where he was crying, where he was cutting and screaming and and walking around nasty and uh, and not knowing what to do until now. And that was to force of the Lord. The herd, the swine, the pigs were nearby. Not just a few, but uh, not just a few boars. A boar is a male 
and a sow is, is a female. Uh, today, the price of a pig is about $74 per hundred weight. It, it's broken into the ham bone. You know, you, you have the ham with the bone, ham without a bone. You have the, the regular shank, and then you have the smoker trim. You have the, the busted, the, excuse me, the Boston butt with or without the bone. And then you have the belly of the, and you have the seedless and I, and skinless, and you have the loin and, and the spare whips, which we are most familiar with. And the pork jowl. That's a lot of money. In our day and time, we, that's a lot of money for that, that, that one pig, $74 per 100, and then to break it down, you know how much it costs for that holiday tradition to buy what you're going to buy. And let's just say that this, uh, the pigs, that this man had two, had 2,000 pigs, and if each one of them was $200 each, that would be $400,000. This man's deliverance cost someone $400,000. Jesus didn't think that was too much. Your deliverance is going to cost someone something. The Bible said, and they that fed the swine fled and told it in the city and in the country. And I'm not putting a price on deliverance. I'm just saying it's going to cost somebody something. And they went out to see what it was that was done. The witnesses to this man's deliverance did not appreciate his deliverance as much as the one who was possessed. Everyone is not going to get it, but that's all right as long as you get it. Everyone is not going to appreciate as long as you, but you need to appreciate it. Uh, ladies, ladies can understand that when a guy is trying to push up on you and you say, no, uh, no, I, I'm, I'm not doing that anymore. Then he don't appreciate that. He may even try to, uh, well, you don't love me. That's not that love ain't got nothing to do with it. I, I'm not trying to do that no more. You, you're not wrecking this body. You, you're not bringing me down. I'm cleaning myself up. And, and so. No, we we're not doing that. Then 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 you ever notice that how it goes from you don't love me to sweet talking, uh, trying to sweet talk and whisper those sweet nothings, and that's what they are, nothings in your ear. And, you know, trying to breathe all heavy up on your neck and, and all that. And, and then all of a sudden it switches over to an anger to try to force you into doing something that you don't want to do. And so then hostility shows up and start trying to belittle you into doing something, everyone's not going to appreciate your freedom. Bless you, Jesus. Everything was fine as long as the man possessed was an October amusement. As long as he or she was, uh, was trying to date your son or date your daughters, trying to get over 
it, it was it was fine. But when they start pushing back and saying, hey, no, I, I'm making a life change. I, I'm doing something to better my, my spirit, man, and the better, which is going to better my physical man. It was not OK any longer. While he was a fable or folk tale or something that the kids made fun of and ran around talking, that was OK. But when he was delivered, it cost somebody something. Your freedom is going to cost someone. It cost the liquor store a customer. They lost a profit when you got saved, when you got delivered from the cigarettes, when you were delivered from the drinking. It cost them something. It cost the porn site a customer when you got delivered from pornography. It cost when they, when that male or female prostitute stopped, it cost someone something. When we stop smoking, drinking, giving our bodies up. When we stop going to the pharmacists, street pharmacists, regular pharmacists, it costs them a customer. That's money that will not be received. It costs them something. And at the same time, it should be putting money back in our pockets. The Bible said, and they came to Jesus and said to him that was possessed, seeing him that was possessed of the devil and had the legion sitting and clothed in his right mind. When we, when we come to the state of being in our right mind, it's going to cost somebody something. They won't be able to use you like they used you before. Bless your Lord. They won't be able to take advantage of you like they did before. <coughs> Excuse me. Won't be able to talk about you like they did before. Won't be able to pass you around from person to person. Well, man, you know, I, I got a friend over here and she, girl, I got a friend over here and he jiggle. They won't be able to pass you around like that. It's going to cost them something. The Bible tells us in Acts, and it came to pass as they went over to prayer, a certain damsel possessed with the spirit of divination met them and who brought their masters much gain by soothsaying. It's going to cost them something because she is not soothsaying any longer. She's not possessed by that spirit any longer. Someone's going to lose some money today. Bless you, Lord Jesus. Somebody is going to yield themselves unto the Lord. I say somebody because, because 
Somebody is. Heaven's going to be rejoicing over the, over the one that is repenting, which means there's going to be a massive party going on because it's not just going to be one person on this world that repent of sin today. It's going to be a multitude of people that have heard the word that, that is going to that's going to surrender their life unto the Lord and stop what they're doing. They're going to stop hypocriting. They're going to stop lying. They're going to stop cheating. They're going to stop doing what is offensive to the Lord. They're going to stop paying into someone else's program that's going nowhere. And they're going to present their body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto the Lord. It's going to cost somebody something. Bless you, Jesus. Bless your name. Thank you, Jesus. It's going to give something back to them. It's going to give back some finances. It's going to give back self-esteem. It's going to give back integrity. On the color purple, I love the part that where uh, I can't think of her name right now, but but maybe if you've watched it, you'll know it. Or if you go home and, and watch it, you know, where uh, the young lady had left the church. And they were about to start service and, you know, and, and she was over at the club. I don't know what else to call it, but she was over at the club trying to sing. And the choir, the church was not that far in the distance. And they began to sing the song that God is trying to tell you something. It overwhelmed everybody that was at the club and they began to march down the road singing along with the church choir. God is trying to tell you something. And when she came in, her father met her and they hugged. And she said, she said, Daddy, God talks to sinners too. And he does. He's talking to all of us. And with us hearing, listening to what he has to say, it's going to take away from the element of the world. We will not be, we are not. We stopped a long time ago. Some are going to stop right now supporting what is bringing them down and support what is going to encourage their soul salvation. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for your kindness. We thank you, Lord, for your word today. Everyone should be praying. We honor you, Lord, for what you have done. We honor you for what you are going to do. Lord God, we just thank you. Lord Jesus, souls that are going to commit their lives unto you, we say thank you today. We pray and ask that you would help us to walk in your freedom that you have given us as we denounce the hidden things of sin, as we cast down every thought that would exalt itself against you. Lord God, we, we just thank you and we ask that you would strengthen the hands and strengthen the hearts of your people, Lord, through your word that has been gone forth. And 
Lord, when they sit down to read your word, Lord God, we ask that you would bless and strengthen them in Jesus' name. Lord God, we'll be careful to give your name the praise and glory. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. If you have not committed your life to the Lord, if you want to be baptized in Jesus' name for remission of sin, if you're in the Los Angeles County area, the Pomona area, then certainly we want to invite you to come by. You know, and baptism is for remission of sin. It is not as a celebration. It is not an outward showing that you receive Christ. The Bible doesn't say that. It doesn't teach that. It plainly says remission of sin. Sins are, need to be washed away. If you don't think sins need to be washed away, stop washing your clothes. You don't think dirt needs to be removed. Don't add no detergent. Don't put them in the washing machine. Don't do anything. Stop washing your dishes. Eat off it the same. No. You need to be cleansed. The Bible said we are cleansed by his word. Uh, Simon said, how shall a young man cleanse his ways? By taking heed to his word. Let's take heed to the word of God. If you've not been filled with the Holy Ghost, maybe you were told that everybody has the Holy Ghost. That's not what we read in the scripture. The Bible said on the day of Pentecost, the, the Holy Ghost, they were all gathered together in one place on one accord. They were obedient to what God had told them. Go back to Jerusalem and wait. Tarrying means to wait. You need to wait on God and allow him, receive him, receive the Holy Spirit. And they all spoke as the Spirit of God gave utterance. No one teaches you to do that. When Cornelius and his household was there with Peter and Peter preached the word, the Bible said the Holy Ghost fell upon them and they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit of God. And then they were all baptized in Jesus' name for the remission of sin. They were believers. They were prayer. They were praying. That's how Peter wound up getting there. Because the Bible said that that Carnelian's prayers had went up as a went up before the Lord and the Lord recognized them and sent Peter to minister to him. God bless you. The Lord say the same. We'll be back on Tuesday. Excuse me, on Wednesday in the book of Genesis. God bless you.